0: Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. Um, I'm your host, Alex Bond, um, and this is episode 13. Um, Unlucky for some, but very lucky for me. Um, I was joined by Paul Prendergast of uh, Blink Parametric. Um, Paul is someone that I think probably four or five people as soon as I started the podcast said I had to have on. Um, he's a very forward-thinking um, entrepreneur, um, serial entrepreneur, as I called him, although he declined um, the title. Um, but yeah, he's just someone that's not afraid to sort of tackle things head on. Um, and, and as you hear in the podcast, he's sort of run towards fires rather than away from them in terms of challenges. Um, Parametrics is incredibly interesting. Air insurance has got lots of kind of traction and, and media attention over the past um. 24 months, And um, you can see that there's some really obvious um, solutions to some of the customer problems. But um, what interested me is Paul gets into kind of where his thinking comes from that. And it's not necessarily on the end kind of consumer end, but more thinking about um, uh, insurance partners um, and underwriters. So this is a really interesting, broad ranging podcast. A lot of the talks about technology and innovation, um, very kind of macro level uh, view on some of the solutions to the industry and challenges. Um, Paul was great. Um, didn't shy away from anything. Very honest in opinions. And um, I really, really enjoyed him having in a guest. I think you're going to enjoy this one too. Yeah, good morning and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast, otherwise known as The Lit. Um, I'm your host, Alex Bond, and I'm very lucky today to be joined by Paul Pendergrass from Blink um how are you say well I'm fantastic great to chat Alex yeah um, so I always say this but um, there's no point me stumbling over introducing uh, blink parametric um, if you're you trying to explain
1: what you guys do and
0: um, and the products and services you offer
1: Sure so blink uh, helps insurance companies launch innovative parametric products um, so we're effectively a, del- a delivery platform a technical platform that allows, uh our insurance partners globally to launch really interesting um data-driven products and uh, we started in 2016 uh, and we focused initially on the travel space flight disruption space so uh, you know you're flying from london to new york we track your flight proactively something goes wrong we reach out and say hey alex alex sorry your flight's cancelled British Airway canceled the flight. We can get you on Aer Lingus, American Airlines, Virgin. Which one do you want? I want this one. We book it, we pay for it, and we get you on your way. So that was, you know, travel is a small part of insurance, but that's the perfect um, reason you should have insurance to solve the problem. So mm-hmm. we, we do it proactively. There is no claims process. And you, you really don't, you know, it's nice to get money quickly, but you want to get to New York. That's what you want. You want to get to that wedding or that meeting. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do and we our route to market really is working with big insurance companies and um, we decided to take Canada as our launch market so we're live at Manulife over there and Blue Cross and Togo and fantastic partners we're going live at Allianz in the new year here in uh, Europe and um, working with people in Singapore and, and lots of others so really interesting journey lots and lots of experience of um, paying out automated claims as uh, you know and there's no um human involvement in that so obviously it it completely changes the unit economics of building different types of products Number one, it's fast uh it's it's low cost takes out a lot of complexity and it's it's a phenomenal experience for the insured party so that's what we've done on travel so that's been great and our big recent launch uh we just come out of lloyd's lab is um you know, travel insurance wasn't hard enough through the pandemic throughout 2020. So we said, "What else is difficult right now?" And, and that was business interruption. And uh, so our job, as we always say, it's not to run away from the fire, it's to run to the fire. Yeah. And you know, BI is interesting. Lots of our ins- lots of insurance companies are some are winning court cases, some are losing court cases, but they're all losing in the court of public opinion. Mm. Something has to change. It's it's pretty obvious that you know, particularly SMEs, where cash flow is king. We were amazed to find that, in general, not just the pandemic um, issue around BI, but it takes six to eighteen months to get paid. Yeah, we and we understand. We've been working alongside insurance folks for years, ten over ten years, and we understand the reasons why. Uh, so we thought that uh, parametric could help rebuild trust back into into business interruption. It'll never solve the whole issue, uh, and we're big fans of hybrid insurance. Well, I can talk about that in a second. So. So we built that in in that ten week uh, process with Lloyd's Lab. We we built this product from scratch, and really it kind of illustrates the power of the Blink platform, or probably how quickly we can build. Uh, so it's a a non damage business interruption insurance product. At the peril is hurricane, focused on the SME market. But a pro- the secret sauce is open banking. Mm-hmm. So we've integrated with eleven and a half thousand banks and credit unions in the U.S. So any small business. Uh, you know, chain of restaurants turning $20 million or whatever that may be. Um, uh, They're in the track of the hurricane. And then we can automate as simple as them logging onto their bank, open banking, and they give us access to their banking records in real time. So we can analyze what exactly is happening with that business. So it does a couple of things instead of uh, seven months, we can get money to them in seven days. uh, Number one, Uh, number two, the underwriter is much more comfortable because you're validating the actual impact of the peril. Yeah. You know, some, some of the people even right now are saying, God, this is actually, this is a sophisticated parametric. It's almost automated indemnity, mm-hmm. you know, and we're not caught up in we ha- it has to be just parametric. It's about the end game is making, uh, building new types of insurance products that are potentially um you know, enhancing certain existing products, but building brand new products. Um, and that's what t- technology is doing across lots of industries, and it's starting to do that in insurance. So, so phenomenal reaction to date. It's been literally uh, uh, eight days since we launched. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we're, we announced as well that we're partnering with Beasley to build products on that platform we're working with with those guys which is really exciting for us mm-hmm. which so so the last couple of months have been pretty pretty breakneck speed for us uh lots of opportunities and yeah so so that's that's the whistle stop
0: tour of blink yeah no thank you that's that's, that's brilliant because oh, i i was going to ask you about the kind of recent experience um, and the bi thing because something that's been thrown at the insurance industry um by some of its kind of luminary figures as well is that um uh, I, I attended a, a, a conference and, and they said, one of the criticisms, they were talking about cyber at the time and they were saying, where does a really big tech driven company for, buy, buy cyber insurance? And, the, and, and effectively they were going, well, we, they, they can't. Um, and they said, well, we need to stop being really, really good at providing insurance um, where we're hoping not to pay. Essentially that was, that was the summary of it. Mm. And, and, and more the attitude needs to be going where's the problems for our customers or consumers of insurance and and how do we solve them um and i suppose let's get on to that do do you start with the customer first is that is that your sort of thought process it kind of isn't really Mm -hmm. so
1: we we take a slightly different approach we start with the underwriter you know it's the natural the natural view is to start with the customer first but as we always say it's not that hard to launch a business to keep a customer happy. I can start a restaurant tomorrow and have free food. That's not hard to do, but really to have a sustainable business model, you've got to, the numbers need to stack up, the risk profile needs to stack up for the underwriter. So when you, when you look at um, back in 2016, when we started, the sand started to change. The regulator, you know, we were the first insure tech in the FCA sandbox program. The regulator was warming up to encouraging tech entrepreneurs to get into this space. And then the large underwriters um, started to warm up. We started to work with Munich Re digital partners way back then. And lots of underwriters are very proactively working with uh, innovative players in the space right now. Um, so, uh, you know, if if the underwriter and the regulator in particular are happy with the product proposition, that's where you've got to start, I think, because that's the building blocks on the product. They're, you know, obviously... Um, you know it's not very hard to come up with a fantastic new insurance proposition anybody can do that but can you come up with that fantastic new uh, proposition that makes sense for an underwriter that's the key thing so you know there's no point in you know before we started uh, building our brand uh, uh doing all the fun stuff building software we wanted to understand what the underwriter was comfortable and the regulator was comfortable with so so we start there, and then we believe the outcome of that is an incredible customer experience. So if you really understand the issues the underwriter is having, you know, and uh, um, then you you can you can make an informed uh, decision on what you can actually build for the end customer. Yeah. So so you you know obviously you're you're thinking of two, you you have to think of the whole ecosystem. It's very very different than. Lots of software startups where you build something, you throw it out there, you fit. It's very, very different uh, business. Uh, and I think our, one of our key uh, stakeholders are the person actually taking the risk. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I think I, I've talked a lot with people about technology and startups in the realm of insurance. And, and obviously within technology, but as you say, you throw an idea, you have the MVP model, you throw it out, you continuous re- iteration but you can't do that in insurance. You know, you can't write an insurance product that you're not sure whether it's perfect or not and then throw <laughs> it out there and, you know, and then you're on cover for everything and then go, oh, oh we didn't mean that. We'll just change it and keep going. So, yeah. you know, um, your regulation has a massive part to play, but also because just the nature of the the beast, you know, you, you can't offer... Um, and 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 I'm a, I'm a big so I, I sort of always ask it a customer question, but I always always love the Henry Ford quote. If we ask the customers what they wanted, they'd say a the horse. And yes. mm-hmm. I think it's particularly prescient when you're talking about something like insurance, because what is highlighted when BI, great example, right? When you're talking about BI, most people don't know what they're covered for or what they are, or what they aren't. You know, the, the, the true reality, I, I remember speaking to a really senior insurance exec quite recently and, you know, he said, I don't know what sort of my travel insurance policy, I've no idea. You know, I bought it, I, I think it's covered, um, and people don't know. So starting with the customer, in a, in a in certain instance, you're starting with the least informed person of that sort of chain, I suppose. So... Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, you've you've had a really interesting career. Um, you're sort of—is it fair to call you a serial entrepreneur? Do you think? Well, I
1: would never call myself that. Well, I i am going to call you a serial
0: entrepreneur. <laughs> um, but you—you sort of—you've run lots of your own businesses. Is that—is that fair to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what what led you to insurance? Because it wasn't—it wasn't—you weren't sort of directly in insurance to start with, but no. related. No
1: field when you I think. Yeah, so so I've done, done a number of different startups in different fields and look business you know it's relatively should be relatively straightforward but there's lots of twists and turns so last business P- peter who I've worked with for a long long time uh, he's the CTO of Blink. Mm-hmm. Last business we were involved in it was mobile security. Uh, it was find my iPhone on steroids before the, before there was a, an iPhone when I'm showing my age. And then long, long story short, our business model eventually was working with insurance companies in the mobile device insurance space. That was our first entree into insurance. Yeah. Uh, and we worked with lots of big players like Asurian and Best Buy in the States and, you know, lots of people like that and uh, big carriers. Um, you know, we had, uh, we did a really interesting program with Virgin in the UK where you had to download the security software to get the insurance of the phone and lots of innovative stuff. So. But we started to work alongside insurance, and I'll never forget the first um, meeting I had with an actual underwriter. I didn't really understand the whole stack, how it all worked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Went into uh, Ace, which is now Chubb, and the people we're working with, a great, great bunch of people. There was probably about five people in this room, and I said, can you tell me about what you do? Well... We do about three or four hundred million a year, and and you got to remember, from a startup, that's a huge company. Yeah. It was four or five people, and then I turned around and saw another five hundred people on that floor alone going, "What? What the well? That's property. That's this." And the and you just went, "Okay." When you're outside that square mile, people don't really know, but it's phenomenal. Yeah, uh, just just uh, um, the size of the business and how it impacts absolutely everything. It's an amazing industry. It really is an amazing industry, and I think, I think uh, from a publicity point of view, it pays out so much money. It pays yeah. out billions and billions every year, and we only hear about the only things that are on the paper or whatever is when somebody was refused. I mean, yeah. they 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 really help. Uh, a lot of businesses couldn't operate. A lot of people would be in awful trouble. Governments, etc., uh, etc. Et so they do. They, it is a social good in my view. Insurance is really important. Of, of course, it's a commercial enterprise as well. And you have to balance that out. Um, so thought it was a fascinating industry. And as I said earlier, um, as, as one of the last massive uh, industries to be disrupted from a digital point of view, and everything is, every, everything's a tech company now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or will be, um, you know, the regulator, regulator had start warming up and so do the underwriters. We said, okay, this is the time to start Blink. But yeah, so it's it's been a really interesting journey. But um, we we find in the insurance space, you know, lots of really really smart people. Um, they've lots of lots of uh, lots of customers, lots of money, lots of really smart people, and they just don't have the uh, decades of experience of building a product.
0: Mm.
1: You know, the technology teams. In large insurers, they probably have had a different remit um, in terms of databases and keeping things safe. It's a very different skill set than being a product builder. Yes. So we, we we felt, and you've seen it now with, with successful insurer techs out there, and they're only, it's only really starting um, that uh, they're starting to plug in, and it's making a real impact to you know to end users, whether that be enterprises, SMEs, personal lines, whatever that may be, but. And, um, you know, you, we're, we're only probably five years into a, a, a 20 year shift in insurance because it does take time. It is mm. slow and people do kind of go moan and groan. Isn't it terrible? It takes so long. Well, if they were fast, this would have been done 15 years ago. So like travel was or, you know, banking is probably ahead in terms of digital transformation. Mm. The opportunity is there. So I don't really complain about that. That's that's the industry we're in. But, but you see the intent, you see like Lloyd's have come out and, you know, even, even doing the Lloyd's Lab. Yeah. And for us working with the mentors through the Lloyd's Lab, phenomenal time and interest and enthusiasm for people who are, who are uh, some people are in insurance 20 years, some people are at the end of their career and there are loads of passion to make things better. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a really, it's been an interesting career, lots of ups and downs and scar mm-hmm. tissue, the usual stuff but um but you know at the end of the day with business it's you you're just solving a problem you know and that's why people pay you so that's your job and if you don't they won't simple as that (laughs) i like that
0: i like that so obviously you've got you mentioned your cto um he's been with you a long time um what do you think makes a good sort of startup team what what do you think's the sort of secret
1: well peter is incredibly patient with me and uh, (laughs) so uh and uh a very complementary skill set. Um, you know, our, our very simple view of the world is: uh, um, I sell what Peter builds, and Peter builds what I sell. And you know, I'm commercial, and he's technical. And you know, although we'd I'd have a somewhat of a technical knowledge, and Peter would, would definitely be a very commercial uh, player as well. We we definitely respect our our, our skill sets. And uh, and there's probably the big thing is trust. You know, we've been working together a long time. just get on with it so um you know having that that that's critical you know that that trust between two two co-founders um and uh you know there's it's interesting to see some founding teams uh very hard to build a technology company uh, if you're if you don't have a technical co-founder yeah and then and then you know i would try to help out some early stage folks and you see a lot of technical um, folks starting businesses because they found they can make a thing go a little bit quicker or a much, much quicker, but they, they really struggle. And this is something you see in Ireland quite a lot, great technical talent, but the respect isn't there for salespeople. Funnily enough, it's not like the States in the States, the salesperson is really respected and in, in Ireland, uh, in particular, I think it's like, nah, sales, you know, it's only sales, <laughs> you know, uh, Sales um, forgives a lot, you know. Yeah, so- yeah. I,
0: I'm I, um, sorry. I do interrupt I, I'm based in Brighton at the moment. I wasn't. I was in London, but Corona has forced me to my
1: mm.
0: little spot on the coast. But um, I went into a business, which is a tech business, and and I, I was going doing the tour, and they and they had the usual football tables and breakout areas. It was a really successful business, and mm. it was lovely. Um, but they were sort of in the sort of. Mar- Martech space really, um, and um, they I said, Oh, where's the sales team? And they were like, Oh, we did put them on another floor, but then they were still just like here with their kind of loud attitude, and so we they moved into a different building. and I, was, I sort of pointed out, I went, you do realise the reason you're successful is, is mainly because of those guys, you know. And, and it's a chicken and egg, but obviously the product was good, but they, they've got to sell it. I said, but those guys sell it. And if no one sells it, then this is all for nothing, you
1: know. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, you know, uh, we always say we're all in sales. And every single technology person deals with our with, directly with customers in our team.
0: Right. And,
1: um you know, and it's just about mutual respect. There's different skill sets and yeah. uh um, you know, it's not them over there. And once you get it to them and us, that's the start of the end, you
0: know. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But it's funny because that, that's that's very endemic in the in the um in in all industries. I think the sales <laughs> and the tech. And um, but it was interesting the insure tech business, because like you say, you've been in it sort of you know, for for a while, mm. the loose whatever insure tech means, don't want to even mm. get it that. Um, but I think I think what I've seen different culturally is that a lot of the businesses coming in were really good idea, but it was almost a adversarial going well, insurance is a bit backwards. And and, and as, as you've rightly said, it's not it's just it's slow to change because of the there's regulatory reasons, there's it's a complicated product, it's it's, it's a very expensive thing to do. Um, but there was an adversarial approach. I've, I've seen that change. And the ones that have been successful, it's been as you say mutual respect it's the partnership between technology and insurance um, yes. those are the ones that have fl- flown for me
1: yeah it, you know it was it was back in 16 and 17 the general tone was those crusty old people in that big building they have no idea we're coming for them you know and you're going do you have a trillion dollar balance sheet no well then you're <laughs> going to have to work with somebody you know two guys in in their mum's basement you go and it's kind of good to to be a little bit arrogant, I suppose, uh, when you're starting stuff because you're making stuff up from a blank sheet of paper. But you just got to have awareness of your of your surroundings, you know. Yeah. Um, but but there is there is amazing people insurance, absolutely. And uh, and our view is this is not a zero sum game. This is about building um, building a bigger market for insurance and do and and do that by providing real value to to the, your point earlier. The days of um, look, we'll, we'll cram this with, with nonsense benefits and make it almost impossible for anybody to ever claim. Yeah, that's not going to really work, right? You know, because uh, uh, if social media means everybody will know about it, the bad stuff really, really quickly and all your brand building will, will be, will be uh, damaged. Um, and people will look at, you know, you could see certain startups like LACA on the, on the, the bicycle insurance side, great brand really focused and they're building you know you know like bike insurance is not new but they're just doing it in a a very customer friendly way etc etc and uh, so you can't um you can't pull wool over people's eyes anymore you know like when you look at BI I guarantee you every small business holder in 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 uh in UK and USA they know exactly what their their cover is today because it's really impacting them um but yeah so Lots, lots to be done, and, and uh, it's 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 fascinating, fascinating business. And um, you know, like we even talked to, like I remember chatting to some people about uh, they were doing some space underwriting for Elon Musk rockets, and you're going, that's just phenomenal. I mean, yeah, that's cool, right? <laughs> that, that, that is pretty cool. And we're going, well, get the, they say, oh yeah, my colleague got to actually meet the guy, you know. Mm-hmm. So and. uh yeah, amazing, just yeah, phenomenal stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah no, and I, I think it's the thing that it touches on so much stuff, and you know, I, I I did the classic thing is that I was a grand, and I went into insurance, and I didn't really know what it was. I was like, yeah, I understood that we got insurance for a car, but then when you sort of start to see the sort of tentacles and where it goes, <laughs> the where I where I see the sort of a lot of the kind of new ideas coming in is exactly that is is that they're bringing you're bringing in people into insurance or buying insurance that might not necessarily have bought it. Cause mm. for example, I've never bought cancellation insurance on, on travel. Mm. Cause I, it's, mm. I personally, might I did buy it and the experience of using it wasn't great. Yeah. But for example, your product, I'd buy that because as you say, I just want to get where I'm going. And, and quite yeah. a lot of the time it's like, Oh, we'll give you the money back. And I, I don't want the money. I need to get to where I'm going. So how do I get there? Um, and and if you can if you can solve a new problem then you you bring new people in because one of my criticisms recently and this is um probably putting my neck on the block on a, a podcast but um you know when i see people raising money to start new kind of lloyd's focused insurers um it's great right all, all new business is great that's in the industry but it's only great if it grows the industry mm. if it's a redistribution of the same pie then then it, personally i don't think it's this sort of it's not it's not what i want to see i i, I want to see people growing new segments like lacquer is a great example you know mm-hmm. that would i have bought cycle you know insurance for my bike probably not i probably should because it's an expensive bike but um if you make that user experience great if you if you make a product accessible to me um not 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 withstanding the fact you market it to me directly then then i might buy it um you know and i think that's i think that's the exciting thing that can people can bring with with um i mean on that note i kind of i I love tackling this 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 word innovation i avoided it on my podcast name but but i always (laughs) want to ask people like what is what does innovation mean to you uh
1: again it's like that serial entrepreneur thing no uh, like it's it's something we don't it's it's building product building product that fixes a problem you know Mm -hmm. and then is the problem big enough you know you do you do um um but it has to be that that culture has to be endemic across the whole organization to move things um you know so and whether that be working with an insure tech or doing it internally or whatever that may be. And I think large organizations need to be self-aware. And the problem with, with very senior people in large organizations, some of them, a lot of them, lots of people will never say, no, you're absolutely wrong, you know, and challenge them. And um, so uh, when people go, yes, that's a great idea to spend 5 million on that. And how many of those projects have literally crashed into a wall and nothing has ever come out the other side. Yeah. You know, and we we all know that's the case and, and large companies are famous for big projects that go nowhere. But then you look at other very, very large organizations, Amazon is one, and the level of constant innovation out of that organization is just breathtaking. Amazing stuff, really is amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's culture. That's the culture from the top down um, the way they do things, the way they hold meetings um, and, uh, you know, you so sometimes you you in, in large organizations, the view that we would have is people get completely caught up in the process as opposed to the outcome, you know, yeah. kind of like we need to have people at their desk at nine. Now we need people to be in the office five days a week to get get our pound of flesh out of these people. I don't care. Just, you know, what's the outcome? You know, so it's outcome driven. It's really interesting. A lot of people I know of big businesses were completely anti the idea of working from home. We couldn't yeah. have that. Yeah. And now it's things are going great. My God. Now, and now people are going, let's cut our office costs. Let's, yeah. you know, like some people are saying, you can move uh, uh, and they can hire people. You know, the whole thing has changed. But, um, and it's all looking at, at outputs. You know, I think that's the key thing. It's not a case of, well, how's the project going? Well, we had 20 project management meetings and they were run really, really efficiently. And uh, we we have reports and we have this and we have a Where's the product? You know, okay. stop talking. Where's the product? Yeah. You know, so, and you need to, you know, so uh, although you need processes and structures and all that good stuff in big companies, where, where's the beef? Where's the product? You know, and, and that level of uh, focus um you know and and we're big fans we're a really really small team and you know once you get too big and once you get layers and layers of people you know typically innovation just disappears and you see it all, a, a lot where, where this happens um, so innovation in itself is not about foosball tables and posted notes up at the wall and and kind of like you know um, like the most, some of the most innovative people I know look and work in the most traditional settings. They just think uh, back to first principles. They get stuff done. Um, it's not. It's not about trying to be the cool kid on the block.
0: You know, it's about yeah. solving a real problem for people. Um, yeah, because so, Yeah. In a way, I think it's been hijacked a little bit by technology. People go innovation, technology. Yeah. You know, um, and it's a, it's a bit like you know you get the buzzword of the of the year and everyone's everyone's talking about disruption and and you know someone said to me the other day how can you truly disrupt insurance as, as, as the product you, you can disrupt the, the the distribution of it or, or, the, or the, there's you can pick elements off it but you're really the fundamental is because as you say yeah. um who's got a trillion dollar balance sheet to, to yeah. make to pay those claims um but you can you can obviously change the way it looks and it, and it, and it definitely will. Um, I, I proffered the other day that what's the stop there of being a really big insurance company that invests heavily in its technology. And then it does a sort of Amazon shift and actually provides the kind of technology platform for uh, people to kind of build product on, you know, uh, which is kind of already happening in some respects as well. So yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, if you look at, if you look at, uh, you know, inherently insurance does work in, 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 in most cases, Um like, if you look at, you know, talking to large insurance CEOs, it's not the startup you really need to worry about. It's, I would, I would uh, look east, look at the big players in China mm-hmm. who have 30, 40,000 product builders, software developers, uh, phenomenal organizations, uh, what they're doing. And uh, look, they didn't have that, those legacy systems and they, were, they weren't, uh, they were effectively startups, but incredibly well-funded startups. So, um those guys are are, are, are doing uh, amazing stuff over there. And, mm. you know, but it but it's it's technology first. You know, they built it on a brand new technology platform. People weren't um, used to insurance in the ye olde way, There's distribution and brokers and all that. It, ju- it was just different. So having said that, if you do look at some of those big guys, the perception is it's all technology, but, you know, a huge amount of... Um, People on the ground selling products directly face to face as well. So it is, it is interesting. It, it, it's very interesting, the whole concept of, in, of innovation. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, where we see ourselves helping is working with these big insurance companies and every single one of the ones we talk to go, we, we absolutely want to, to do something different, but we just, we just don't have the delivery mechanism or the capacity to do this really, really quickly. And, um, you know, because everybody has a backlog of technology products that are really critically important that you have to do and keep your data safe and all that, all that stuff. They're very, very important, uh, you know, and, and the people who do that, that's a very different skill set than the people who build products, yes. you know, because I suppose if, if your background is not technology, you go, well, sure, it's just it's just technology. But it's a very different thing. Um, you need people who well, show me the products you've, you've built or your tone of software developers, interview them. What are you building on the side? You know, everybody who's into this is doing something on the side, building something fun over there, if that's, if that's where you're wired. Um, so, so, yeah. So, look, it's, it's, it's all about the collaborative uh, effort to, to make the industry better. And, uh, and, look, that's what we've certainly seen through Lloyd's Lab. A lot of people in, uh, you know, perceived as old insurance companies. My God, like the innovation coming out of those guys, we were literally just blown away by it. Mm. Uh, phenomenal stuff and it's if you if if you can if you can bring the the best of both worlds that tech startup nimbleness um with the deep deep insurance knowledge you know i think in 10 years time the whole insurance landscape will be completely changed for the better you know so you know when it's it's uh, th- then the question is a lot of people go, oh god this change things a pain but it's a heck of a lot better being than being irrelevant in 10 years won't happen in a couple of years it'll be a, it's a it's a 10-year window um mm. where things are going to just hugely change um and and technology i think will play a, a good good part of that but but i would expect in collaboration with between tech providers and the
0: big uh, insurance companies who really understand their market you know yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very clear that the sort of way forward is. I think I think when we get into things like AI, people get a bit sensitive and 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 a bit nervous around. You know, does that mean people are going to be replaced? Does it mean that people are going to get rid of? Them? And mm. and I'm always of the view that it's like no, but certain roles might be. But that just means that we have to change the skills of the people. You know, it's it's you're giving people different tools to to complete the job um yeah my roles changed dramatically i mean like you know i remember when i started you just had to phone you had to phone the one phone number and find out who worked in certain teams by asking people and hope that they'd be nice and you know now you've got now you've got things like linkedin but but we know if you put a job ad up, uh, out for linkedin one of my clients said to me we had 300 applications in the day and i was like well there's a role just to go through them all right you can get ai to do that and, and, and it keeps reiterating, and you have to keep saying, well, where do I add value? Going back to your point, if you, if you add value and, and you create value, you know, someone will buy it from you. Um, and I love that, actually, because uh, data science and machine learning were a thing that um, it was interesting to see come in. And, and when, when it started to come in, there was this conflict about where it sat within an organization. And then also, you ended up getting a lot of academic individuals into the business world mm. and then their view of whether a model was good or not was was on you know is it 100 accurate you know or as close yeah. to that as possible um and and having to have the person that says yeah we're 70 percent that still makes us money let's go and and, yeah. and moving forward um, yeah it's, it's an interesting mix do you think do you think it's possible for incumbent businesses to be truly innovative or do they have to create kind of Freestanding structures, invest in the sort of insurance technology infrastructure externally? Do you think that's? Um, Oh, there's no question they can innovate.
1: I think they're doing it all the time. Yeah. And uh, I really do. Uh, We we see new stuff, interesting stuff all the time. Um, And uh, no question, no question they can. And then it's a case of uh, how do they pick the best partners to to launch new types of products, whether it's the likes of Blink or different types of services, you know, there's some really interesting visual, uh, so really interesting visual uh, uh, drone product where they went into Beirut and mapped out after the big uh, explosion in Beirut, they mapped it all out within 48 hours. So you knew exactly, you know, so that's phenomenal. And an insurance company isn't going to build that themselves and they're going to work with people because there's so many different tools and technologies out there. Um, just having the, the openness and the, 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 the capability to plug all those in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, there's no question. I, I, you know, when you, you do find more and more CEOs of large insurance companies going, okay, this is, this is something that that, that uh, may not hit my bottom line now, but as I said, in five, 10 years' time, you know, we can't become irrelevant, you yeah. know. So during the insurance game, you need to hedge your bets, you yeah. know. And uh, make sure that you're building up that um, that muscle memory, that DNA within the organization wh- when it does come, where you have to be a technology company or you have to have really strong um, technology product building skills in-house um, to, to, to be able to compete in the marketplace.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yeah.
0: nobody nobody wants to be the insurance ceo that has the kodak moment right so um,
1: (laughs) yeah exactly
0: um but yeah no and um so i mean talking about blink you you've you made your life easy for yourself so travel bi in in (laughs) (laughs) what 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 easy challenge are you taking next (laughs) yeah
1: i mean it's 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 fascinating um you know really going through lloyd's lab it's about the capability of our platform so lots of interesting discussions around wildfire, a lot of different NAPCASH is really yeah. interesting. Reputation, the intangible assets, fascinating space. Uh, I think it's a little early in terms of the data. I'm not sure if the data is strong enough yet. Mm-hmm. You know, around IP, uh, uh, reputation management, uh, cyber is obviously very very interesting. So there's loads and loads of new types of uh, uh, risks that are that that we could get involved in. Um, and I think the big thing for us is almost that mass market parametric. I mean, if you look at parametric, it's I think it, there's, it's about $15 billion in terms of uh, parametric bonds right now. So it's huge, but, but the primary focus is government and enterprise. So that happens, we cut a check and give it to them, whatever, a couple of months later. Yeah. But like, if you look at the USA, there's 1.3 million small businesses there. Um, and and they're not getting access to the same types of uh, products and the main reason there isn't a delivery platform to to get those products to that type of customer the unit economics don't work so really that's where one of our key focuses is providing that delivery mechanism as I said lots of great people who really understand all the risks right now so so NACAT, lots of different NACAT perils are really, really, interesting. The intangible is very interesting. I think IoT is going to be fascinating. I think auto is going to be fascinating in time to come. Lots of interesting data points there. So, you know, it's it's all about, and this is the big thing insurance companies have. They have years and years of data, years and years of experience. They've talked to all the customers. So, you know, we, we're really enjoying working with insurance companies and, trying to kind of root through the problems and find the real issue to, to, that we think we can solve mm-hmm. uh, so we're agnostic in, per, in terms of parallels um, but yeah so right now it's her, it's all about hurricanes and bi in the states for smes and that open banking integration uh, and the other financial integrations that we're going to do to validate the that's a really that's i suppose the secret source right now so that's uh, that's something we'll be We'll be adding more data points over the next number of months there as well mm-hmm. um, so yeah so uh, let's let's see
0: yeah and so, so briefly i suppose regulation must be the, one of the biggest headaches for kind of mm-hmm. making this happen you're talking about open banking so access to that data um, mm-hmm. is that is that one of the biggest challenges to making these things work yeah you've got yeah absolutely so i i,
1: I think it, like it's european directive in terms of open banking so a lot of that regulatory burden has been resolved i think a parametric one of the big issues is is it a derivative or not
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know is this gambling so uh, you know the fact that you have open banking removes that risk because you can actually say there was an impact so it's not just people at home to, you know with with no discernible risk um at taking out these policies so yeah, re- regulation is something you've got to be completely aware aware of, and that's another reason we really like working with insurance companies because they know what they're talking about. They've been on the ground for years, state by state in the states, um, and they know they know uh, how to construct that product to ensure that it that that it that it works from a regulatory point of view. Like anything else, you've got to be aware of it, but typically you can you can manage it. Then. Any, any of the regulars we've talked to and we would know the FCA Sandbox team very well, they love what we do because it's very fair to the customer. It's very clear to the customer. It's a really um, straightforward product um, from a customer point of view. And, and they're obviously very, very focused on the customer. So um, they've always been incredibly supportive of us and, and our approach to the market.
0: Excellent. Well, look, I was—I promised to be 45 minutes, so I don't want to overstate my welcome. But um, Paul, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. I really appreciate it. Okay. Um, you and good, thanks. Best of luck with the new product, and uh, i, I just—I love the fact that you sort of are running towards the fires and away from it. So um, I, yeah. I can't yeah. wait to see what you do next. Okay, thanks, Alex. Cheers. Right. Yeah, thank you. So that was Paul of Blink Parametric. What a great guest. Um, really interesting chat. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always amazing for me how much ground you cover. Um, but the thing you, that you can really demonstrate from that is when you're kind of well, when I'm trying to bullet point what we've talked about for the sort of YouTube comments section, um, it, it was just like this endless list of things that we sort of touched on. Um, and of course, it's only a high level, it's a 40 minute conversation, but um, yeah, lovely how we got across that sort of range. Um, um as always, um, this podcast brought to you by FinPro, uh, my company, which is an executive search business operating in the insurance and insure tech space. Um, uh, my name's Alex Bond. If you have any sort of comments, feel free to leave them. Um, on the youtube channel uh, or contact me on linkedin that's alex bond or finpro i um, happy for you to contact me directly as well which is alex at we the website is www.wearefinpro.com i um, really interested in talking to people that want to be potential guests um, of course if you've got any executive recruitment solutions needed then you uh, you know where we are but um i really enjoyed that i hope you enjoyed the podcast and i'll speak to you soon